0: listening to the word.
1: very much, Admiral Kelly, Captain Card, officers and sailors of the USS Abraham Lincoln, my fellow Americans. Major combat operations in Iraq have ended. In the Battle of Iraq, the United States and our allies have prevailed. And now our coalition is engaged in securing and reconstructing that country. In this battle, we have fought for the cause of liberty and for the peace of the world. Our nation and our coalition are proud of this accomplishment. Yet it is you, the members of the United States military, who achieved it. Your courage, Your willingness to face danger for your country and for each other made this day possible. Because of you, our nation is more secure. Because of you, the tyrant has fallen, and Iraq is free.
2: Sometimes they take you and they grab you and <laughs> sometimes they tip you upside down, they laugh, and they pull you out all pour you out all over the ground, all over the street, all over the grass. What what do they care? They have they have everything. They have everything. They walk up to you, middle of the day, middle of the night. <laughs> it's raining. Come inside your hat. Get down on your knees if you want. No one's going to talk to you like that. No one's going to talk to you anyway. You're too busy. Might as well go out in the street talk to the animals. They have everything. They have. Hello? The other day I came out from behind a building. No one saw me. No one saw me. Walk along, walk along. All of a sudden somebody else, hey, I turn around. No one's there. So I keep walking, right? Walk along, walk along. Oh. All of a sudden look around. Hello? They don't tell you their names, though. They don't give you the name. Well, they're going to say John Smith. You're not John Smith, you're Larry Smith. his house I can hear the radio I don't say anything right I knock on the door what's that he's inside I can hear him moving around all of a sudden I hear someone's at the door the light's on the refrigerator's on the TV's on what's on that? who's gonna turn the people on Lloyd Smith does 75 in the past and he still never get there. He doesn't have a car. Walks all day in the same spot. Time he gets home, it's time to go to work. What are you going to do? Make his lunch? He's not hungry. He's starving. It's a diet. His son follows him in the car, tries to get him to come home. When he gets there, no one talks to him. He goes back outside and they clear out the table. Somebody's talking about him. Somebody knows his name. They won't tell him. He's too young. He's 55. Living in the same house since he was 19. That way he knows where everything is. His house, he calls it. he to live there till he figures out what he's going to do when he grows up. It's all right. You don't mind sharing the kitchen. Larry. Keep walking. I know why I'm telling you. I'm the one they go for. I'm the one with the funny hat with no name on it. If I leave in the bank, I'm sunk. They won't know where to send me. Except maybe two doors down from Bill. Bill likes his house. He knows where everything is outside it. I got two houses. My only problem is the laces break. Only if I try to walk in them, though, as long as I lay on my back, I don't fall down.
0: Michael Kong is a Korean-American filmmaker based in New York. His feature film, Directorial Debut, The Motel, premiered at the Sundance Film Festival in January 2005 and is the recipient of the Humanitas Prize as well as the Best Narrative Feature from the San Francisco International Asian American Film Festival. The Motel opens this Friday, July 28th at Edwards University Town Center 6. Michael Kang, welcome to The Word. Thanks for having me. Uh, how are you doing?
3: Good. I'm really
0: good. All right. Very good. Uh, just uh, what what inspired you to to uh, to uh, go ahead with the film to, to make this film?
3: Uh, well, it basically came from my own terrible puberty. Oh, and, really? Uh, and how awful it was, and all those <laughs> emotional scars. And I just expounded on that basically. I mean, it's about a kid who's uh, you know growing up in a dirty motel uh-huh. and. Um, and I just thought it was so ripe with, uh, and, and rich with all of those things that I, I'm completely obsessed with. I no, think most no, people are, which no, is sex. <laughs>
0: now, no, did you grow up in a dirty motel, or is that just I, the...
3: I didn't. I, I kind of think of America as one big dirty motel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Where did you grow up, just for, for the heck of it? Any, uh, Providence,
3: Rhode Island. Uh-huh.
0: Any, yeah. any, any experiences pretty much like, like the ones in the film?
3: Uh I did do some research before <laughs> before <laughs> making the film. Uh I had I no I I uh I I'd, I'd seen a couple of dirty motels along the, along the way.
4: Uh-huh. Um,
3: but uh mostly mostly it was just from uh from hearing stories and stuff from people.
5: All right, I believe we're we've been joined by uh, Gina. Gina, are you there? Yes, hi. Hi. Oh, very good. She's Gina, the uh, the producer. Gina Kwan is the uh producer of the motel. Gina, might we've got Michael on the line? Hey, Gina. Sorry. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this all up a little bit here. It's uh, and um, you were just describing. I'm sorry, Michael. I didn't mean to interrupt, but you you, you were describing how uh, how the story came about.
3: Yeah. Um, well, originally it was a, a friend of mine's short story where he did he actually did grow up in a in a dirty motel, and I I kind of asked him if it was okay to uh, use that as a premise because it was just so it was so full of stuff and. Uh, um, and I and I, I just went on from there and, and created all these characters in this mm-hmm. world where where um, you could just deal with all these different issues.
0: Now, now did your your friends' motel have the same uh, two and three hour visits? That yes, the- <laughs> it, it,
3: it was a it was a family run business with uh, and they did do hourly rates. Uh-huh. I mean, it's actually the most lucrative way to to run a hotel.
0: Yes, I can imagine. <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah. We've heard as well the stories we know, yes. <laughs> as, well, as well as we we don't know personally. Not that I would know about that. Kind of thing, but uh.
0: now, now, Gina, you've uh, produced also is me, you, and everyone we know. Yes, I did. And you're uh, actually uh, did some television production too. I think uh, American High. You were involved in that, which was uh, an Emmy winner in two thousand and one. That's, yes, yeah, that's that's right. What what, what brought you into uh, Michael's film? How did you uh, meet?
6: Um, well, we we actually met through one of the other producers, Miguel Arteta, um, was an advisor at the Sundance Institute Film Labs, where you know Michael basically developed the the motel as you know in the screenwriting labs as well as the filmmaking labs, and Miguel just got really excited when he read the screenplay and then also watching Mike on the set because you know you you shoot some of the scenes at this lab and. He just thought he had a really great way of running a set and, and of working with the actors, um, and so he introduced me, to me. And you know, first he brought on Matthew Greenfield, one of the other producers, um, and then they both approached me, and, and I just responded to the material right away.
4: Now,
5: um, has, the, has the Sundance uh, Institute been? Uh, it's been a terrific, uh, I guess, breeding sure. ground. Uh, what, what do you want? However, you want to put it. For uh, for new filmmakers, is is that how you got into the business itself, Gina? Or how how did you come to know Sundance?
6: Um, I actually well, uh, I was lucky enough that just one of the first one of the, the first feature I ever worked on with Star Maps, which is Miguel Arteta's his, his first film, uh-huh. and that got into the Sundance Film Festival. So I went to Sundance. You know, it, we had a great experience there. The film sold. So that's kind of was my entree into Sundance, was more just going to the festival and experiencing that. Um, the Institute had you know, has, has always sponsored these labs, and it's something I came to know later um, just by by just being, I guess, here in L.A. and, and um, being an independent filmmaker. It, it, you know, it's, I think, both creatively and on a business level mm-hmm. it's an incredible place to sort of be able to kind of... Launch, you know, a, a, a film that where you a personal film like this that you know is, is sort of a personal story that kind of focuses in on a unique voice and, and a you know story that might not be told by mainstream Hollywood uh, Sundance Labs. You know, the institute is all about developing those kind of that kind of talent. So, right. um, so I think that you know, yes, it's it's an incredible place. To be able to, you know, for me as a producer, to meet all sorts of filmmakers, um, and for a filmmaker to be able to both just like to kind of nurture their their project and and not be told like don't you know like, be told to kind of say exactly what you want to say and make it the best project that it can be than what you want to say. Right. You
3: know?
5: So, all right, Michael, how did you yeah. get involved with Sundance? What was your entree?
3: It was uh, that was actually through the labs. I had um, I had a friend Laura Colella who had done the labs a few years before me, and she uh, read read the script for the motel and, and said, "Hey, can I send this into Sundance?" And, and I, I didn't even know what it was at the time. I, I all I knew was the festival. I didn't know about the institute. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and actually, it was probably better that way because if I did know, like if you look at the list of films that have come out of the Sundance Labs, basically they've shaped American independent cinema for the past twenty years. Yeah. Um, and I probably would have totally blown my interview if I knew how, <laughs> how important it was. Yeah. Uh, and, but uh, so, so it got to them that way, and then uh, uh, I, had, uh, I, I, just, I went there with totally open because I, I, I had this script, but I didn't know, at that point I'd only been doing shorts, I didn't really know how to go to the next level of getting somebody to drop a big bag of money on my head to make <laughs> a, a feature film. And uh, and that's where I met Miguel, as Gina said, and and uh, it was just it was a really great symbiotic relationship. He he saw kind of how green I was, and was like, "Whatever we have to do to make this film, I I really want to help you do this." And and so he he it was the first time he had produced something outside of his own projects, and uh, and I just I was just very fortunate to to have that kind of uh, support.
0: We're speaking so. with uh, Gina Kwan, the uh, producer of, and Michael. The director of a film about to open at Enwards University Town Center's theater that would be this Friday. That's the right. motel. The motel. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going go ahead, Mike. Well, I just want to. Re- I
5: just. I don't want to beat the Sundance thing to death here. But I, how do people who are interested in filmmaking? How do you get to Sundance? Uh, uh, how somebody is a f- in film school, or is there? Is there an? Is there a? What is the way you get to Sundance?
3: Uh, you mean the institute? The, yeah, the institute the, the labs?
5: Yeah, the labs. I'm sorry.
3: Um, they, they they take open submissions uh, okay. every six months. Uh, you okay. can do it. Get get it through the
4: Sundance.org, okay. I think. Okay.
3: Uh, and people send in scripts. I mean, uh, there was a really wide variety of people yeah. there at the same time as me, like Josh Marston, who did uh, uh, Maria Full Grace, and yeah. uh, other people who had just done. Like he had already. He was about to shoot it and had gone to the labs just to do kind of a polish on the script. right before going off but then there were people like me who were totally green had no connections had no was was not anywhere near Figuring out how to get the thing produced and just with a cold submission, uh, so it you know it just anybody can really go. They're really open to trying to find those projects that that need the support.
0: Right, that's great to hear. Now, I, now earlier on you said this was an autobiographical film of sorts. How did you uh, meet the young actor who's essentially playing your role in it, and what was your reaction? Is is that you really, or is it somebody you'd like <laughs> I, I, to be? Uh,
3: I think he's the inner me. That's wow. kind of how I <laughs> imagine myself. He's great. Uh, I I love his role. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he was, it actually took a long time trying to find, we were actively searching for about six months, uh, trying to cast that role because I knew it couldn't be just a normal, uh, kid who goes into auditions, like a show, showbiz kid, you know, we had seen all those and they were doing too many jazz hands and, and that kind of stuff. And, I had to actually take get a street team together and, and we were trolling the streets of Chinatown and going every you know after school program and uh, you know Sunday school or Boy Scout meeting. Any place I thought there were a lot of Chinese boys. I mean, I was going up to kids in the playground and asking if they wanted to be in a movie. and it was just uh, I mean it was crazy. and, and he, we, we got it, he, at the about two weeks before we officially started pre-production, we had finally found Jeffrey and, and it just it turned out to be so uh, such a great uh,
0: great uh, blessing. He, where did you find him? Uh, he came through.
3: The Columbia University has a Sunday Chinese school, like a language program uh-huh. that uh, the Chinese kids take. And uh, we had gotten in touch with the principal there, and she got really excited about the project. Oh. Um, and called every parent and told all of their kids <laughs> to come in for these auditions. And and he was in that crop, that batch.
0: That's wonderful. Uh, and 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 your mother uh, was she as stern as as the mother in this movie?
3: No, it was, a, it was a big stretch where Jade Wu, who plays the mother in the uh-huh. movie, I mean, she she uh, she is a mother herself, and she was like uh, having, uh, you know, she had to really push to get into that, that space. I mean, mm-hmm. she does it really well, but she's a sweetheart in real life.
4: Well, uh,
5: Gina, um, and you were, sp- and Michael was speaking earlier about Sundance being the shaper of a lot of uh, great independent films, and there are two that we didn't mention that you've been a co-producer on, which is, The good girl and Chuck and Buck and I got to tell you, Chuck and Buck (laughs) stuck with me, and me too. (laughs) We have one of those films that it was so unusual, Mm -hmm. and uh, I I imagine that, and I'm sure it's had an influence on other filmmakers. It just had that sort of feel, a real independent feel, didn't it? Mm -hmm.
4: Mm -hmm.
6: Yeah, that project was really, um, you know, the script was so great, and I think that, you know, I mean, in, in a way, I don't feel like. I, mean, I feel like the motel. There's a there's there's some correlation between the yeah. two because yeah. it's basically. I mean, tracking back to that, I think that guy that basically can't grow up. He doesn't know how to grow right. up, and right. this is about you know a kid just right in that stuck in the stadium to me, what I loved about the motel was I felt like it was so true to um, that that particular age. I mean, a yeah. 13 year old boy. You know things. You know, things are happening. He's having feelings. He's, you know, he's kind of on the edge of being, going through puberty. And um, and often times, I think, you know, people don't want to sort of think of that happening at that age, but it does. I mean, yeah. that's very true to real life. You know, and yeah. um, it's sort of anyway. Timothy Chuck and Buck sort of is about, well, almost stuck in that age, but he's actually twenty something. You know? Yes, yes. But, mm-hmm. uh,
5: anyway, it was just such a. It was just the whole film just had such a. Uh, a, a, a single-mindedness about it, and and it really kind of stuck to it, and and I really appreciated the fact that it did. It, it really was. A,
0: a were, were you Chuck Mike? I don't know. I'm not going to get
5: into any of the characters. Well, these are in two very, unusual, uh, this very unusual, just very unusual films. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, exactly. Now, I wanna I wanna ask you, and it's probably a question you you have been asked quite often, but I, I it's it's something I think needs to be sort of talked about. There are very few films dealing with Asian characters in a reg in a in a more real life situation I, I think and think of Charlotte sometimes as one of the few films that i 've seen in the last few years, and this one um, is, Has there been any kind of reaction in that regard in sort of the this sort of the characters and uh, the situation? Has the film produced any sort of comment from the Asian community or otherwise
3: Do you want to take that, Gina or me? Or you
5: can take it, Mike. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. I should have been more specific. Well, I yeah. mean,
3: actually, I think you know the the, the Asian American community has been really supportive of the film overall, yeah. and uh, I think that they find it. You know, that in in one sense, I think everybody realizes it's just a story and, and yeah. the universal themes of puberty and all that. Sure. But then there's also a few nods to the Asian American community that they that that are kind of not in jokes, but but things that they can relate to that that are unique, and and in some ways, like. Uh, you know, making the 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 boy Chinese, and then the the character of Sam Kim, who's played by Song Kang, coming in being Korean uh, Korean American, and mm-hmm. the relationship that they build in in that way, it made it more of an American film to me because that that kind of relationship could only exist in America, where yeah. whereas it wouldn't exist in Korea or China. And I think that that, that gets recognized a lot. Um, and and mostly, I think people find it refreshing because they're they're funny, but yeah. they're not. The characters are funny, but they're not. Being made fun of. No, you know? it's not the characters
5: and, that, and all those. Yeah,
3: and I think that, I mean that's what uh, you know why I, I was so glad that Miguel had responded to because the same I had responded to Chuck and Buck in all his films with, with that same that he the way he approaches characters. I mean they're just they're so, such beautiful people and even if they're flawed or 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 uh, have. <laughs> Issues or whatever you don't you don't condescend to them and that was exactly what I wanted to do with this film.
5: Well, well before I get to Gina, I, I, it's great to see films in which the characters play out their their particular uh, roles in ways that that are true to the character. Not they don't just respond to some kind of plot twist that's convenient. That and that's the thing about the that's what makes to me that's what distinguishes an independent film, is that its ability to have enough trust in itself and in its characters to allow them to play themselves out in ways that are true to the story, I mean, to themselves, as opposed to plot twists. Right. A- and, uh, Gina, how? any comment yourself on, on the film and the reaction to the film so far? Or
6: um, I think that ma- mainly, you know, both from the Asian American community and also just audiences, maybe going yeah. audiences, yeah. is just really... Um, it's been very touching because I think people really respond to, to the family dynamic and, and um, you know, I think it is a very universal story. I mean, it really truly could have been kind of any family, you, yeah. know, that, you, know, yeah. that, you know, but yet I think the fact that it's an Asian-American family and, and the particularities of that, yeah. you know, feel very, like I said, tr- truthful to yeah. what, to, to, you know, to, I mean, I think if a lot of people can relate to it, Asian-American audiences, um, it, in those particularities, but also what they appreciate is that it's just it's, it's a great story and great characters and um, a unique sort of time of life that you know that everyone can relate to um, and um, and you know in general we've only got, gotten an incredible amount of support from. Asian American community and, sure. and just
3: really positive reactions
4: from people when they when they see
3: the movie. Okay. Uh, well, I'd well. like to add also that you know I you know Palm Pictures who distributed the film they when they saw it at Sundance they they got it they understood all the the universal appeal as well as. As it, they doing exactly what you're saying, being true to those characters. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of distributors really liked, that, had, that had seen it at Sundance had, had their comments were that they really liked the film, but they didn't know how to market it. And, and Palm Pictures was really up for that challenge. And, they, 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 you know, it is unique in that way. And, uh, and it could be pigeonholed as just an Asian-American film and kind mm-hmm. of ignored. And I think that Palm um, was very intent on not letting that happen.
5: Well, it's great. This the film is the Motel. That's where we're speaking with the director and producer Michael Kang and Gina Kwan, and they're uh, they're uh, apparently Gina is at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway <laughs> yeah, this morning. Yeah. Uh, so no, 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 and, uh, no.
0: we're, we're yeah, just hearing sorry. some noise. No, it's noise. okay. It's it, it's, right. it's the ambience. I love it. <laughs> it is. <and laughs> yeah. This is definitely
5: this is what makes live radio and and what we do so so fun.
0: <laughs> so i I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, uh, Michael, you, again, another autobiography. A graphical question um, on the the older man who, or, or the the older uh, fellow who leads you through the rites of manhood in the film. Did you right. have did you have a, a character like that in your life, or is this a wish?
3: Actually, it was more of me answering the question of what I could teach to a to ah, a thirteen year old, which good. was absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so I <just> created <laughs> the character out of that. Uh, <laughs> he's based very much on my lack of knowledge.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs>
5: That's a great answer. Uh, oh, yes. Well, could, I, I think we'd all be faced with that same dilemma. Um, well, I want to I let our listeners know that the film is opening this Friday at the university here in uh, Irvine. And uh, we're, it's opening in Los Angeles. Is that right?
3: Uh, yes, at the Lemley Fairfax, as well as in Pasadena at the Pasadena Playhouse 7.
5: Terrific. Okay, well, uh, congratulations and good luck, and I hope you uh, continue to, uh, to have a voice in American cinema. It's a terrific film. Check it out. It's called The Motel, and it's opening in those locations, Los Angeles, Pasadena, and here in Irvine, California, okay. at the University Theatres. Michael and Gina, thank you for being on Word.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Aha, coach.
7: So that's what keeps you on your toes. Could be. Bromo is mighty refreshing any time, and every athlete knows it's a faster way to get relief when a headache teams up with a cold. Right, Coach. I'm learning. Bromo Seltzer can teach you something about timing, too, lad. Watch how quickly Bromo Seltzer dissolves as it fizzes in the glass. See? Bromo Seltzer dissolves before your eyes, ready to swing right into action. Yes, and Bromo Seltzer acts fast three ways at once. One relieves headache. Two, helps settle upset stomach. Three, calms tense nerves, which often accompany headache. No wonder athletes find Bromo Seltzer's alkaline action and three-way relief a speedy way to defeat headache in a hurry. Get Bromo Seltzer today. Keep it on hand in home or office. Then, before headache makes a cold doubly hard to bear, try refreshing Bromo Seltzer. You feel better three ways fast.
8: There are many that I miss, having sent my last one out a car window, sparking along the road one night years ago. The heralded ones, of course, after sex, the two glowing tips, now the lights of a single ship. At the end of a long dinner with more wine to come and a smoke ring coasting into the chandelier. Or on a white beach, holding one with fingers still wet from a swim. How bittersweet these punctuations of flame and gesture. But the best were on those mornings when I would have a little something going in the typewriter, the sun bright in the windows, maybe some Berlioz on in the background. I would go into the kitchen for coffee, and on the way back to the page, curled in its roller, I would light one up and feel its dry rush coating the dark taste of coffee. Then I would be my own locomotive trailing behind me as I returned to work, little puffs of smoke, indicators of progress, signs of industry and thought, the signal that told the 19th century it was moving forward. That was the best cigarette, when I would steam into the study full of vaporous hope and stand there, the big headlamp of my face pointed down at all the words in parallel lines.
9: Into mouth and suck it, play it. Replace it in pocket one by a note from pocket three. Replace it in pocket three by a note from pocket four. Replace it in pocket four by a note from pocket two. Put note one after sucking it in pocket two. Concentrate and shuffle all notes in all pockets. Take note two from pocket one. Put it into mouth and suck it, play it. Replace it in pocket 1 by a note from pocket 3. Replace it in pocket 3 by a note from pocket 4. Replace it in pocket 4 by a note from pocket 2. Put note 2 after sucking it in pocket 2. Concentrate and shuffle all notes in all pockets. Pause and concentrate. You may shuffle all
4: notes in all pockets.
9: All in all pockets. Take note 3. Take note 3 from pocket 1. Put it into mouth and suck it. Suck it. Play, it. Play it. Play it. Replace it in pocket 1 by a note from pocket 3. Replace it in pocket 3 by a note from pocket 4. Replace it in pocket 4 by a note from pocket 2. Put note 3 after sucking it in pocket 2. Concentrate and shuffle all notes in all pockets. Take note 4 from pocket 1. Take note 4. Put into mouth and suck it. Suck it. Play it. Replace it in pocket 1 by a note from pocket 3. Replace it in pocket 3 by a note from pocket 4. Replace it in pocket 4 by a note from pocket 2. But note four, after sucking it in pocket two. Concentrate and shuffle all
4: votes with all poppers. <laughs>
10: size is the answer increase size there are those who say size is not the answer there are those who even propose that we pollute our pure reptilian strain with mammalian amalgamations and cross and I say to you that the only way I could survive was by mating with eating rats then I would choose not to survive (laughs) but we will survive we will increase both in size and in numbers and we will continue to dominate this planet as we have done for 300 million years bigger is better and biggest is best 888 milioni,
11: 888 mila, 888 tonnellate, tondini, ottone, 8 millimetri, 555 milioni, 555 mila, 555 circa cinti e di 444 milioni 444 444 chilometri quadrati di quadri e di quadri 333 milioni 333 mila 333 litri traversine 33 centimetri e balle balle di fotone di ogni di lame di strame di rame di lame, a terra di catrame rumi Mh. E per, e per, e per, di cotone di diverso camione, da carbone d'ogni quantità, in opzione per ogni qualità di minzione, paese, rossica zigliaschi, e di vigliacchi, e sat. e per, sacchi di macar, e per, e per, e per, i camioni, per luponi e per sciocconi, gomme, nafta, benzina, petroli, terreni, mille ettari ed un palmo anzi da cardiopatto somme incommensurabili di proglie si telefona si telegrafa si scrive si parte si arriva a ah, no e salda in fronte ogni passante sfolazzante sigarette un milione commercio commercio fosco lercio losco guercio affari affari straordinari conclusi sconclusi inclusi delusi Danze vertiginose di denari, cari cari volatili volatilizzanti, urlanti, miliardi e milioni, notte tremende disperate, nelle interminabili aspettate di spettacolari, inaspettatissimi bidoni, scarpe straccate, stanchezze malmenate. Ligio ad onestà per perdere e non per acquistare prestigio col pericolo, sera per sera, di finire innocentissimo in galera Ah, broccolo, ti manca il bernocolo Basta, basta, smetti mettili a fare all'asta, zoccolo che sei Altro che bottami, cuoiami, liquami, rottami Non t'accorgi dei cascami di coscienze Delle indifferenze vicidiali Altro che vetrerie, masserizie, cementerie, conterie, materizzi nell'interstizio interstizi cervellari, inutile non ci siamo, figurati se tavo, se ti posso amare ancora, commerciante della malora, dopo tantissimo aspettare, è felice del Villino, imbecille, stupido freddo, roba la pietà Va, va, corri al caffè, dove proprio non c'è nessun bisogno di te, e ognuno sul tuo conto riderà. Presta, prestati al tiro dei creditori in giro farmi piangere, cattivo testardo ingrato, insensitivo e adesso dove vai? in cerca d'altri guai fermati, vieni qua Accanta la tua lalà essa sola ti vuol bene per te vive in mille pene e vale più delle iene che trovi sempre ad ogni canto ad incantarti essa sola ti vuol dare il cuore, l'amore la vita con dedizione infinita dammi un bacio più forte un altro tutto il resto che ti importa chiudi la porta e di che mammerai è il solo affare che tu puoi fare e lo farai tram vai
12: happy hour of the Century Lounge. Here's to the ones who wait for top billing gracefully in the half-light, to Vivian Vance and William Frawley, their names, the cursive of secondary hearts, their cue crumbs of laughter meant for someone else, to vice presidents of countries that rise out of the sea and are blown to ashes before we name them, to the ladies-in-waiting and to the prince outlived by his mother Here's to the smoke from the Vatican announcing that none of us has been elected Pope this time. To everyone who stands at the mirror and does a bad James Cadney. To the lesser gods of our myths and the broken miracles they offer us. To all the Sinatra songs Twilight never choreographed. Around for every minor leaguer with a stiff shoulder. For the common man left out of the amateur ensemble playing Copeland's fanfare to an empty house. A round for the bankrupt economist. One for the kid who never slipped into the movies to escape daylight. Cheers to unhappy endings that come when there's still time for mending and time to turn back. To Buzz Aldrin, second man on his way to the lunar surface because no matter where you are, Someone has to shut the door and check the lock and make sure the stove is off and the porch lights burning. Here's to the view from the balcony when the hero, forgetting he's dead, walks off the stage and mid
13: Visibility, forecast for the Bronx, for America, for the whole modern world. Low visibility accompanied by great gales of laughter. No new stars on the horizon. Catastrophes, only catastrophes. I am thinking of that age to come when God is born again. When men will fight and kill for God as now and for a long time to come men are going to fight for food. I am thinking of that age when work will be forgotten and books assume their true place in life, when perhaps there will be no more books, just one great big book, a Bible. For me, the book is the man, and my book is the man I am, the confused man, the negligent man, the reckless man, the lusty, obscene, boisterous, thoughtful, scrupulous, lying, diabolically truthful man that I am I am thinking that in that age to come I shall not be overlooked then my history will become important and the scar which I leave upon the face of the world will have significance I cannot forget that I am making history a history on the side which like a shanker will eat away the other meaningless history I regard myself not as a book, a record, a document, but as a history of our time, a history of all time. If I was unhappy in America, if I craved more room, more adventure, more freedom of expression, it was because I needed these things. I am grateful to America for having made me realize my needs. I served my sentence there. At present, I have no needs. I am a man without a past and without a future. I am, that is all. I am not concerned with your likes and dislikes. It doesn't matter to me whether you are convinced that what I say is so or not. It is all the same to me if you drop me here and now. I am not an atomizer from which you can squeeze a thin spray of hope. I see America spreading disaster. I see America as a black curse upon the world. I see a long night settling in, and that mushroom which has poisoned the world withering at its roots. And so it is with a premonition of the end, be it tomorrow or 300 years hence, that I feverishly write this book. So it is, too, that my thoughts sputter out now and then, that I am obliged to rekindle the flame again and again, not with courage alone, but with desperation for there is no one I can trust to say these things for me. My faltering and groping, my search for any and every means of expression, is a sort of divine stuttering. I am dazzled by the glorious collapse of the world. Every evening after dinner I take the garbage down to the courtyard. Coming up I stand with empty pail at the staircase window ...gazing at the Sacre Coeur... ...high up on the hill of Montmartre... ...every evening when I take the garbage down... ...I think of myself standing out on a high hill... ...in resplendent whiteness... ...it is no sacred heart that inspires me... ...no Christ I am thinking of... ...something better than a Christ... ...something bigger than a heart... ...something beyond God, God Almighty I think of... ...myself... ...I am a man... That seems to me sufficient. I am a man of God and a man of the human. Nothing eternal, nothing absolute. On the right, God the Father. On the left, and hanging a little lower, God the Son. And between and above them, the Holy Ghost. I can never forget that this Holy Trinity is man-made, that it will undergo infinite changes. But as long as we come out of wombs with arms and legs, As long as there are stars above us to drive us mad and grass under our feet to cushion the wonder in us, just so long will this body serve for all the tunes that we may whistle.